Greetings and welcome to Legally Uncensored. I am your host, Demetria Graves, attorney and certified specialist in the Los Angeles area. And we have been working on our divorce series. Last episode, we discussed the emotional impact of divorce and how to deal with the emotions of divorce and separate your emotions before you get into the business of divorce. We had a great conversation with Dr. Trina Dora. So if you are interested in that convo, go listen. The emotional impact of divorce. So this week, we are going to start with the business of divorce and navigating the process and what you can expect and getting your thoughts together and feeling empowered to do this process. It is a long process. It is a lot of paperwork. There's a lot to cover, but I want to kind of walk you through the process so it's not a huge mystery for you and your family as you go through it. I like to break the process down in steps so it's easier for everyone to understand. I even break it down in steps in my office so we all know where everyone is and how to handle each step. So I think the first step and the most important step, important because I say it's a decision only you and maybe your partner can make. You can get all of the advice in the world about it, but ultimately it is your choice. An attorney can't decide, although some might try to decide for you. Your family your friends, even your children. It's your individual decision. And that is the actual decision to file. And I have seen many people take weeks, years, and months to come up with what they feel is the right decision for themselves and for their family. So I highly encourage you to talk to a divorce coach like Dr. Trina Dora. I thought that was a great idea. And maybe even considering having a divorce coach during the entire process to kind of hold your hand when things get challenging for you or overwhelming. I thought that was a really, really great idea to have someone in your corner that can support you as you as you go through the process. I have seen others confide in their closest friends, pastors, support groups, whatever is best for you. But as we talked last week, it's important to take the emotions out of the business process if possible. Although it, it, it appears to me, <laughs> divorce is a, probably about 80% emotion, 20% business. But I'm trying to get you all to understand if you take the emotion out of it, the business part is a little easier, just a little. It's still challenging. But ultimately, I encourage you also to take your time. This is a big decision. You are basically reorganizing your family, potentially breaking up with someone you've been with for an X amount of years. So I don't take that lightly, and I encourage you not to take that lightly. And also, I encourage you not to file when you're upset in the heat of the moment, right? Because that can bring challenges later down the line. But to really think about it and make the decision for you, not for anyone else, 
and make sure it's what you want to do. And a lot of people ask, does it matter who files first? Well, if you file first, there are some advantages, right? You know when it's going to happen. If you hire an attorney, they will tell you when it's filed. You will know when the other party is going to be served. That gives you kind of a peace of mind and allows you to prepare mentally for what's going to happen. You can start mentally preparing for how your significant other might respond. You can start preparing, okay, are we going to live in the house together? Do we need to have separate living arrangements? So those are the advantages to you if you're doing the filing. You're kind of prepared for it, and it's not a big surprise for you. Legally, if there's a trial in your case, and a lot of family law cases don't necessarily go to trial, but if there is a trial, you have the opportunity to present your case first. But outside of that, um, it really doesn't matter who files. A lot of people do like the comfort of knowing what's going to happen and kind of being in the control position. But outside of that, it doesn't really matter for purposes of the divorce process. So once you're ready, you know, then a lot of people decide to at least speak to a divorce attorney to kind of understand what's going to happen and kind of discuss what we're going to discuss today in terms of, you know, the cost and what the process is and kind of what to expect. And so that to me is part of this step one is gearing up to file, knowing what to expect, knowing what the process is going to look like, knowing where to file and then your next steps. So once you are ready and you you know this is the right decision for you, the next step or phase would be to file. And most counties have a what we call a central court. I'm in Los Angeles County, so we have a central court and then we have smaller division courts that you can file in depending on your preference. The central court, if you're in the county, anyone can file at that particular court. There's also courts that might be closer to your home. And if you have an attorney, some attorneys will file different places depending on their experiences and the judges in the, the what we call district courts or the central court. So the divorce case, you are essentially suing the other party for a divorce. So in those documents, those initial documents, it will tell the other party you're being sued for a divorce. You can't take the children out of the state. You know, you can't start moving money. So it, it it's a directive to the other side that, hey, this is coming up. This is what's happening. So where do you file? Again, will depend on your preference, your attorney's preference. Most courts do have a filing fee. In Los Angeles County right now, that filing fee is about $435. Each party has to pay that fee. If there are financial challenges, you can attempt to get a fee waiver for that fee. Otherwise, that is your admission, essentially, to participate in a divorce proceeding. So the initial documents, because we do not have what we call fault divorce. So you don't have to 
give detailed explanation for the court as to why you're getting a divorce. So again, the documents are just a notice to the other side that you are suing them for a divorce. And it's very broad in the beginning for the most part. You can be as detailed as you want to be, but generally speaking, they're broad documents letting the other party know that they're being sued for a divorce and everything that comes with that, right? Custody and visitation, child support, if there's an issue of spousal support, if there's an issue of division of property, all of that is included. So the other side is aware of what is on the table. Once the documents are completed, filed with the court, you pay your filing fee, you or your attorney get those documents back and they are served on the other party. So this is the tricky part, right? To tell the other side that it's coming or not to tell. Everyone knows their spouse. Um, There's pros and cons to both, right? Because if you tell, then it kind of eliminates this thing of what's to come a little bit. However, if you have a spouse that you think is going to run from the documents because they don't want to be served, then that can cause a challenge as well. And then also where to serve. I don't like to get employers involved. So if it's possible not to, and that's my own personal preference, everyone doesn't feel that way. That might be the only place that you can serve someone. But if it's possible to serve that person in a more private location, that's probably more ideal. But sometimes that's not always available to us. But if it is, then that kind of decreases the sting of what's to happen, especially if the other side doesn't want to proceed with this divorce. So again, that's kind of a individual choice and a choice you make with your attorney if it's available in terms of where to serve, how to serve. And outside of not serving at work, I also try not to serve in the presence of children. But again, each circumstance is different. So it's just a discussion to have with the person that's going to serve. If you're a party to the action, you are unable to serve. Someone else over the age of 18 has to do that process. So those are just some things to think about where to serve, time of day to serve, ensuring that the kids aren't around or not serving in front of a lot of people. Just some different things to think about, especially if you're still having to stay in the same house You want to keep it as comfortable as it can possibly be. And maybe this is a decision that the two of you have already discussed. So it's nothing out of the ordinary or nothing that the other party is not going to expect. The other side of that is some people do get really, really angry. So expect for that as well. What is going to be the reaction? Do you have a plan in place if it kind of gets out of hand somewhere else to go for a couple of days but prepare for all of their responses and you will know your significant other better than anyone else. So once the other party is served, what next? What happens next? So the other party has 30 days to respond to the documents that are initially provided. So some people say, well, what happens if they don't want the divorce or they're not going to participate? Well, again, You don't have to beg the other side to get a divorce. If they don't participate, there are parameters in place to keep the process going. 
as long as they're served, you can proceed with the process. So it's in their best interest if there's if they have an interest in property or have an interest in having custody and that sort of thing to participate. But if they do not, you can move forward. So what are the next steps? So we're getting into step and our phase three. So a lot of times what happens in a divorce is one party or both parties might need temporary orders while we go through the process. So the process can take anywhere from three, six, nine, 12 years to finish. So there are parameters in place that you can get temporary orders in terms of custody and visitation, child support, spousal support, property, whatever you need for your family until the process is complete. So once the other side is served, now is a good time to start thinking, okay, are we going to be in different houses and now need custody and visitation orders? Do I need support? Do we need to make orders about who's going to stay in the house. So that is the time to start thinking about, do we need something temporary until this divorce is final? So with that, at least in LA County, we call those orders where you request from the court request for orders. So typically speaking, it takes about 45 days to get a hearing, depending on how busy the court is. So once you get an order, excuse me, once you get a date, then if you have custody and visitation requests, then you will go on to what we call mediation. That gives you an opportunity to speak with the other side in terms of the possibility of coming up with the resolution without going to court. If you listen to my other podcast, you heard me say many times, If it's possible to come up with an agreement together, that's always the better choice. Because if you do not, you're going to go in front of a judicial officer that doesn't know you, in most cases, right? Doesn't know you, doesn't know your family. And so they're going to make an order best based on what they believe is reasonable. And sometimes that's not always reasonable for your particular family. So keep that in mind while you're going through this process. But you are able to get temporary orders. And then also in this phase, both you and the other side have to do what we call disclosures. That's just a fancy way of saying you have to put everything on the table so you both know what is on the table for division in your divorce. So that typically includes do you own property? Is there personal property that needs to be divided? Are there vehicles are there retirement accounts? Are there is there debt? Do either one of you have student loans? Are there life insurance policies? So both of you are required within 60 days of you filing either your petition or your response to lay everything on the table, right? So this is just a way to, for both of you to look and say, okay, well, this is what this person believes is there. This is what I think is there. So you can start framing your mind to start discussing how these things are going to be divided. Typically in this phase, what happens is one party might say, oh, I didn't know that there was just extra account over here. We need to look further into that. And that would take us into our next phase of what we call discovery. 
And discovery is just that (laughs) you're trying to discover additional information. So if you have questions about a bank account or a business or additional debt you didn't know about, that would be the phase that you would ask for additional information based on the disclosures that you received from the other side. So as you see, the dissolution process, a lot of that is just getting on the table what's there and having a lot of business discussions about how things are going to go. First from custody and visitation, then to the financial part of it, and then basically dividing everything for each person. And then, you know, the next stage in terms of moving on. So if you've already received your orders from the court for custody and visitation, you have an agreement for child support, then you start talking about the other financial matters in your divorce. So as you see, a lot of this is a lot of discussion, a lot of transparency between the parties, and then resolution of what is on the table. So if you think of that in that frame framework, it's a, it's a business decision. It's a business dealing. But a lot of times, as you know, this gets really emotional, especially when it comes to the kids and support and division of assets, especially assets such as a house. Sometimes there's a lot of emotion tied to a house. Maybe one party grew up in the residence or something along those lines. Retirement accounts, people feel really strongly about their retirement accounts. But even yet and still, if you feel that way, if you can start wrapping your mind around, okay, this is business. What are different ways that maybe I can give a little so the other party can get what they want so I can get what I want, then the process can go a little smoother. So once you have disclosed or laid out on the table what needs to be divided, once the other party has done so, one or two of you may have done discovery to gather more information. And once you are both satisfied with what you have, have a great framework for what is there, what needs to be divided, that brings you into phase and our step five in terms of discussing, okay, can we come to an agreement without court intervention? That would be one. And that would be all of the issues, right? Finalizing your temporary orders in terms of custody and visitation, support, and then deciding what you're going to do with your financial matters. So either the two of you can come together and do that, There's ways to do that. There are mediators. A lot of programs in every county have different bar associations that will help you come up with an agreement. If that's not possible, before you get what we call a trial, the final date in your court, a lot of courts have what we call mandatory settlement conferences, voluntary settlement conferences, several different ways for you to come up with an agreement and not have to go to court and do that process. So if you come up with an agreement in any of those arenas that I mentioned, then one of you would be tasked with writing that all up and submitting it to the court for your final dissolution documents. There's a lot of paperwork involved in divorce, and I'm really simplifying it here just to give you an overview of kind of how the process works, but there is a lot of paperwork and you want to ensure that you're doing it right. 
So even if you do not hire counsel full time, counsel meaning an attorney, make sure that there is someone that can review your documents. May it be an attorney, may it be a paralegal, may it be a self-help center to ensure that you're doing the documents correctly. Because there's nothing more frustrating than to think you've done this whole process, you're done, only to have your agreement kicked back by the court because it's not done properly. So at each step, I highly recommend that you have someone help you at least with the document so you understand what you're filing, you understand what you're signing up for, especially if the other side has counsel and you do not. So you want to make sure that what you agreed to is actually what is being submitted to the court. So what's submitted to the court and what's final and what solidifies your divorce is what we call a judgment. So the final judgment, once you all agree to, it goes to the court, it's reviewed by the court, stamped and sent back to you. You are not divorced until you receive those documents. More specifically, the most important document you'll get back from the court is what we call a notice of entry of judgment. That is your divorce paper. I know we all say divorce papers because we do get a lot of papers back, but that is the most important document. That tells the world, yes, I was divorced and this is the date that I was divorced. So until you receive those documents back, you are not divorced. I have had circumstances where people say, hey, yeah, I got a divorce. My ex sent the documents back and we find out the documents may have been submitted to the court, but those that notice of entry of judgment was not received back. So make sure you get your notice of entry back. So one of the most important questions I receive is, how long does it take? Well, let's talk about it, right? Because the first step, we don't know how long it's going to take either one of you to make the decision to actual actually file. Like I said, that can be days, weeks, months, years. We don't know. However, once the decision is made, once you file for a divorce, the other side has 30 days to respond. From that day, you have 60 days to do your, what are your disclosures. Remember the process where you kind of put everything on the table. If you need additional information in the discovery phase, that can be another 30 days. Depending if you get everything you want, you might have to, you know, tell the other party, hey, you missed this document. That can be another 30 days. Negotiations can take another 30 to 60 days. And then to get the judgment back, sometimes that's two weeks to two months. So just if everything goes as smoothly as you want, you're looking at least at five to six months. And here in California, we have a, not here, but in California, we have a six month mandatory waiting period. So once the other side is served, you cannot be divorced before the six month period. That is kind of what we call a cooling off period. That's an opportunity for both parties to really consider and really decide if that's what they want to do. So at any point during that time, if you both decide, hey, I want to go to counseling or I need more time to think about it, the court will honor that request. It's a long-standing rule in California. Who knows if it will change, but it does exist. So you also have to add additional time to that. If one party asks for temporary orders, that's going to add additional time. 
There's going to be additional time added there for negotiations if the parties are going back and forth and they don't agree to something. And then, of course, there's additional time added if you have to go to court to kind of resolve some of these issues that you're unable to do between the two of you. So the timeline really can depend on the parties and kind of where they are in terms of um, handling this as a business negotiation and taking some of the emotional components out of it versus you're just at odds and you're fighting. Those are the cases that take longer. Um, Those are the ones that you see go a year, two years and longer. So the sooner you can understand that it is a business decision and approach that if you're handling this yourself or if you have counsel, I strongly encourage you to tell your counsel, look, I'm not invested in quote unquote fighting. I just want to handle this so I can move on with my life. Because if you come with that mindset, your counsel will be forced, so to speak, to fall in line with what you want to do. So, and you want to hire counsel if that's something you choose to do that looks at this as business and not encourage you to quote unquote fight. That's not what divorce court is for. It is to divorce you, help you reorganize your family and move on. So again, the steps of divorce in our phases, because I I know I might've missed a number or said a number twice, just so we can recap. The first step is your decision, you and your spouse's decision only to file. So, because I've seen some people file, not really ready because they've been told to file. Please remember that is your choice, your spouse's choice, no one else's choice. So that is step one. Step two is actually filing, filing the documents, getting them back, getting the other party served. Step three is the consideration if you need temporary orders while you go through the process and laying out the remaining financial information on the table for both of you to start reviewing for the next stages. Step four would be if you need additional information based on the financial information you received, and then to start talking about how you're going to finalize the issues in your particular case. And step five would be finalizing whatever agreements you have or going to court for the court to decide how your divorce is going to be finalized and then submitting the financial, excuse me, the final documents to the court for the court to review and you get back the notice of entry of judgment telling the world and yourself that you're divorced. So I know I kind of simplified it. I did want to simplify it for you so you have a framework for how it works. Each case is different. The time period, again, is going to be different based on the complexity of your case and based on the party's willingness to kind of come together and make some decisions together. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you know what to expect now and your dissolution and you don't feel like you don't know (laughs) what the process is like. So you can always find me on social media if you have questions or if you want me to talk about a topic legally uncensored on all social media platforms. So until you listen again, I am your host, Demetria Graves. (music) 